This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to Blood and Mud, the podcast that's reached the triple century, Josh. Oh, some podcasts would have a real, like, they'd do something really special for this. Like, they'd get a massive guest on that they'd, like, totally, like, blow the back doors off it. And I realised we were doing the, the 300th podcast when uh, when I came on the thing and it said, and, and Rory said, hi, lads, if this is your 300th podcast, congratulations. Which I was like, oh, maybe it is. And it is. So thank you, Rory. Yeah. Quite. I mean, you said you've done nothing special, but, you know. Haven't we got the video of that saved in our... Yeah, we are. I can't, I can't. How did you in now? I love a party with a happy atmosphere. Don't forget your snowball later, everyone. And you're out there right, turn it off now. Like, turn it off. And there we go. Oh, while I was gone, you've become <laughs> senior Ooh. party in this. There we go. <laughs> Larger head. I've always had quite a large head, but I think you might trump me on the on the. Uh, I mean, the head yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe. Oh, actually, I've I've got quite a normal sized head, so maybe I've just got like a, a sort of weird. Maybe there's a weird fisheye effect on my lens. I've got I've got quite a big head. My all my family have got quite big heads. It's a from my mum's side, the Gildart side. That's that's the size of the head, but it's mostly face, <laughs> and it's when, <laughs> when I, and hair. So when I put a cap on. 
my head's actually quite small i have this big big like face like some kind of like family guy drawing or something like his big chin (laughs) a tiny bit of hair at the top okay welcome 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 everybody um so yeah 300 who'd have thought josh that one day when i said do you fancy doing this pod next week and you went all right yeah and you managed to find a headset at a time when they weren't at all a normal thing Um, yes here we are all this all these years later I did that first podcast on a weird little Britney mic type uh, <laughs> slash call center headset thing that they'd given us in work because they took our phones away and said, "Here, you don't need phones. It's all voyop now." <laughs> you had Janet Jackson's control, but really shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awful. So the weekend, my son. This weekend was. Um, uh, have you heard of the Otley Run, Josh? I haven't, no. Tell me so more. So it's it's a famous pub crawl in Leeds. It doesn't go from Otley to Leeds. That'll be far too far. But I think it's no. like from like Head Otley Road or something in Headingley. Anyway, mm. it's like 16 pubs and they're all in fancy dress and shit. Oh, yeah. In Leeds. And my son's mate, Jenko, who's, who's a bit of a handful. Yeah. Uh, dressed as Jimmy Savile. <sighs> I mean, in Leeds, old, old <laughs> choice. If he uh, amazingly, you managed to make out the day unpunched, so I was quite. <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, he either must know how to handle himself or just be really good at talking himself out of bad situations. Yeah, or makes people laugh. I don't know. Have you ever? Yeah. Do, were any famous pub crawls around your way? Have you ever done any of them? I mean, there's the Mumbles Mile, obviously. Right. Uh, yeah, done that one. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you call a Cardiff pub crawl? You know, just like I've crawled all of the pubs in Cardiff, but I don't know if it's got a name. There's a there's the Didsbury Dozen in Didsbury in South Manchester. I've done that. I did that for my thirtieth and my mate Stag do. Nice. And that's like it's it's probably hard to find a street or a place with twelve enough pubs in it to make a crawl now this is the thing though it used to do whole villages didn't they but uh... you have to go quite a long way to uh like to to get enough pubs for a crawl these days because of the death of all of that stuff but uh yeah yeah i don't i mean it's 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 weird i've never really done the whole like pub crawl thing I'm much happier to just sort of stay in one place and drink until I fall over, which I mean speaks to my laziness, quite frankly. Local man says, local to me, do they still do the gallon walk around mould? I've never heard of that one, Kerry. I've I've managed to swerve that my whole life, which is really strange. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. What is the gallon walk? That's eight pints, isn't it? A gallon, roughly. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, enough of this. It's Halloween. We're recording this through the episode on, on All Hallows Eve, if you will. Had any kids around, Josh? Uh, no, I'm absolutely fucking it down. Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, all that means for me is that there is a a bucket of, of various types of Haribo that, uh, that I'm going to have to deal with when I go back downstairs. Nice move. Awful, I like it. Awful. Awful, gutted for me. We don't want to get a knock here because we're on we're on a bit of a main road and we've got like a new estate 
half a mile one way and the old avenues mm. and stuff half a mile another way. So the kids tend to stay in the kind of street. But we, I did get a knock tonight. And I thought, oh, and so I open a door. I don't know how old people are anymore, but these two girls to me looked about 15. <laughs> two girls, painted faces and everything. Mm. I don't, I don't know what outfits they were in really. Um, and and then and obviously I, I had some quality street, which is what we had in. I don't know why. I said, take as many as you want because I'm not going to get anybody else. And 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 they did. But <laughs> everyone under everyone under twenty, I think everyone between the ages of fifteen and twenty five or forty, it looks the same age to me now. So I just imagine that they're all about fourteen and stay well fucking out the way of all of all of it. You know what I mean? And then they don't even try to engage in a conversation if I can avoid it. So, yeah, no, I feel exactly the same. Like, you know, for me, Louis Reesamit and like a 12 year old are basically the same. <laughs> so, my daughter used to have parties in the front with her friends and I, we'd go out. And then when I came back in, like about half 11, they'd be here. They're all 17 or whatever. I would literally like be like staring at the ceiling and running through the kitchen as fast as I could. Because you don't want to be the person who's... You just don't want to be doing it, do you? No. Oh, God. No, my dad was that guy. My dad would, like, like want to, like, come and hang out with me and my friends. Oh. And, oh, it's tragic, isn't it? It's terrible. Absolutely like, terrible. If I was in his... Like, uh, absolutely, like, straight to the kitchen, straight upstairs, like, absolutely fucking not. Refit man says my neighbour's kids just knocked on, looking very much like drowned rats. I've got a lot of respect for that. Fucking it down tonight here. I don't know. Whether I've it's got a lot here. of it's. It's just started raining here, but I've got a lot of respect for that. That no kids were going out. Yeah. You're going to have your big fucking bags of sweets. I heard Let's some people. Go. I heard some people like kids shouting. So some kids must have been trick or treating, but none of them came as far as I was apparently. So I've got quite a steep drive. It's very short. It is, it is quite steep, but I think I think a couple of eight-year-olds could get up <laughs> it probably make it. when there were Haribos at the top. Oh, maybe, I think. maybe they don't know there's Haribos. Isn't there supposed to be some sort of, because I'm not very versed on the Halloween lingo, isn't it like you're supposed to put like a pumpkin in the front of your house or something to let them know that you're trick-or-treat amenable? Generally, it's lights on, I think. If like your hallway in front okay. room light is on, but if all the lights are off in the front, pumpkin is definitely a thing. But if you can't be asked doing that, if you keep leave your lights on, they'll come and give you a knock. If all your lights are out in the front of the house, don't bother. What if your big light were lamping it? You know, the lamp doesn't show through the curtains as easily as a big light. Well, the so. number of people who must be stood there at the bottom of the drives arguing, going, yeah, is that a big light on? So it's an invitation, or yeah. is it a lamp on? So they're getting cozy, therefore yeah. can't knock on. Therein lies, you know. Some say that you know that big light or lamp season ends after. The clocks go back because you know basically everybody's curtains are closed. At I don't think so. The gloaming. I think there's there's some there's there's some there's some fun to be had from the game. The game it's a game for all seasons. Except the gloaming one, lasts till at least quarter to six. Even now, it's not completely yeah. dark, is it? So there's still that opportunity to go out there and get some big lighting in or lamping in. Who knows? I had to, I had to go to Winsford today in Cheshire. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is the thing. You know, people have an idea of what Cheshire is. Mm. It is isn't Winsford. Way. It's definitely not Winsford. <laughs> There's no Housewives of Cheshire being filmed in and around <laughs> Winsford streets. So, but I love Winsford. I love all towns like that. They just remind me of where I grew up. I know what you mean. Like I hate there's... people who, who who move away from where they grew up and then like slag things off. 
it does my head in. It's lot. There's nothing wrong with a better for yourself, but you shouldn't be fucking ashamed and give shit for where you've come from. No, but in the same time, it's like I, I am allowed to talk shit about Aberdeer. Oh yeah, I suppose. Yeah. However, I get quite defensive about it when other people do. But don't you find it's people a huge part of who there. you are? Oh, massively so. Yeah. And like, I I you can go, yeah, it was shy, still, but actually, I, I, still fucking... love, I still love the place, and I always will. But like. Yeah, I will talk about how shit it is, but if somebody who's not from there talks about how shit it is, I'm like, hey, I can say that. I'm fucking yeah. from there. Me and Die Young, when we're chatting, we can say <laughs> that. You can't. Yeah. So, hello, everybody. I'm Lee. You are. And over there is... I'm Josh. Hello. If you want to get in touch with us, you can get mm. in touch with us me at blood and mud and the dms are open um and also i'm on lee at blood and dot com uh what about you josh uh at josh gardner at uh rucked underscore mag on we're available wherever you get time being anyway i mean i might quit I don't know. <laughs> you I keep know. saying this you keep saying how much you're losing interest in apparel based writing Oh no, and... I'm, I am i've lost interest in that to be fair but i just i think i might be done with twitter it's like all this nonsense. Oh, you reckon? Charging people to be verified and stuff. It's just like, it's just, it feels very like, it feels like a place I don't want to be. A, it feels like a club I no longer wish to be a member of. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think it might be done. Do we, what, what do we think, listeners? Is Twitter done? Was Twitter ever undone? It was only ever undone in the eyes of fucking journalists and gobshites who like talking about themselves too much like me. So, <laughs> not, not me and you, Josh, not at all. <laughs> God, no. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So, uh, we are available wherever you get your podcasts, but we're hosted by the Sports Social Network, who are very yeah. nice people. Um, and we are on the most important thing, speaking of nice people, is that we're on patreon.com. You slash me, I know you slash me. I said you slash me, honest you do. Blood and mud. Well, you can come along and get uh, for two quid a month or 20 quid for the year. Um, a full membership with extra stuff and all that kind of thing and all that. And if you pay five quid or 50 quid for you, you get a biography. We've had none of them this week. Yeah, I've, well. I've done two Sam Cook songs replacing a word with slash. Yeah, uh, two weeks on the bounce. I'm going to see how long I can keep this going for. So Surely please nominate Sam. Yeah, <laughs> I've replaced uh, soothe last week with slash and send this week with slash. So <laughs> any other ones that have got an S in it, um, bring it on, sl- slash it on home to me. It might be next week. So we'll see. Uh, another slasher day night. That's oh, come on. Hello. Now Hello. we're talking. Yes. Uh yeah, I can't think of any <laughs> Sam Cook's looks <laughs> off the top of it. Slashing the night away, that'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, so there you go. So if you want to go to patreon.com slash blood and mud where you can get yourself all this extra stuff. I'm teeing up another episode with Tony Collins as we nice. speak. Nice. As we speak. And you know what episode we're doing next? And I don't care if anybody next? doesn't think this is interesting because I think it is interesting. And let me tell you what we're doing. We're going to talk about how rugby league managed to keep itself solvent or otherwise for a hundred years in the wake of 
the fact rugby union doesn't appear to be able to keep itself solvent. So are there lessons from the past that we could, the rugby union could learn? That's what we're going to talk about. I feel like that's going to be really fucking interesting. <laughs> yeah, and also the main thing being how and why did rugby league have to take the Murdoch dollar in the 90s? And what was that spent on? And again, how does that relate to CVC? It's going to be like, you know, one of them Radio 4 programs where we look at the past and try and learn things about the future and all that stuff. Oof, that seems but we'll deep. see what happens. We'll see what happens. Love it. Uh, so there you go. So that's us on Patreon.com. Thank you, everybody supports us. They continue to support us. I think it's, uh, it, it's for those of you who do pay monthly, it's collection day tomorrow on the 1st of every month. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, it used to be a situation where if you signed up on like the 21st, they'd bill you again on the 1st, but it's been changed now. So if you, if you want to sign up new person, you'll get billed on the day every month that you signed up. That's changed yes. now. They've got their act in order. So just so you know around that. And also some of you end up losing all your privileges because you forget to update your card on there. Never think about that, you know, especially you yearly payers, the ones who pay yearly, of which we greatly appreciate. Uh, make sure you've got your, your stuff up to date. That happened to me with Paramount Plus this month, and then I just cancelled it. Was so I was going to say you wanted to get shot anyway, didn't you? It reminded me to cancel it, which is a terrible I, move on that. I've point. just logged into Paramount Plus on my mum's telly because she wanted to watch that Godfather thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are a staggering number of devices around the country that I'm logged into on all of my things. <laughs> um, if they do an IP address thing, it's going to be a shit show. I was going to I'm say, get on, on Netflix, supposed to be cracking down on account sharing, which, I mean, fucking hell. Like, All over the country, basically. Absurd. So, um, it's, not, it's not just Halloween Eve, of course. It's also uh, Viaplay Eve. Uh, happy. Oh, is that uh, happening that soon? I, I missed that. First of November. Happy last night of Premier Sports, everyone, um, for all who observe. Um, I will not miss, uh, however bad Viaplay is, or Viaplay. Is it Viaplay? Viaplay? I don't know. Um, however bad it is, it can't be as bad as Premier Sports was, surely. I mean, at least when I ring up, if I wanted to ring up Premier Sports customer service tomorrow, you know, if I rang that number up, nobody's going to answer the phone. Uh, and that would be absolutely no different to when they were going <laughs> concern. So, <laughs> Jan, 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 Jiffy will never get his viewing figures now. So, you know, because they'll be bundled in with like Icelandic crime dramas and Swedish uh, meet cute romantic comedies. So, there'll be no way to tell. I did start watching Bad Sisters last night. It's very good. Oh, yeah. Very good. On Apple oh, TV that on, Plus, yeah. On Apple TV Plus, yeah. I might actually watch that. So many things I mean to watch on Apple TV Plus. And but I, just I have that thing where I watch Sharon Hogan, where I go, you look just like Shane. And I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> it's a problem. It's distracting. And, I, and, it's, and it's horrible because it's like, I quite fancy you, Sharon Hogan. But you look like Shane Hogan, <laughs> and now I'm now I'm very confused. No, I'm very confused. <laughs> okay, so that's, uh, that's all you Patreon people. Thank you very much indeed. Bye. Um, shall we begin as you always begin with us player spotted Josh rattling through uh, I, think we, I think we probably should yeah Dan Shears has been in touch go I was just going to say what if the, th- the what if the 300th episode is the shortest episode ever it's not going to happen but yeah no. and the reason I'm keeping it relatively snappy here because there's quite a lot to talk about from the weekend there is quite a lot that's what which you non-patron people don't get no, in case you don't, you don't remember 
people said to me on people said on Reddit the other day, I don't know why they put it behind the behind the paywall because all the other shit's just out there now. We said, well, yeah, because it's almost like we want you know we wanted to pay for the good stuff. But anyway, so Dan Shears gets in touch on the DM. No, mm. it was his Patreon messaging service. He's a lovely patron. Thank you, Dan. He says, "Dear Lee and Josh, it's time for my own classic player spotted." Hello. These are our favourites, aren't they? We do like these classics. I do love a classic. It's July 2014, he says. Yes. My wife is five months pregnant with our first baby, which would make that child, whether it was boy, girl, or otherwise, uh, seven now. No, eight, I'm guessing, or or knocking on for eight, if not eight already. Wow. Um, We're off to the local shopping mecca of Kingston-upon-Thames to buy a ton of baby equipment as the local mother care in our part of London had closed down. That would have been around the time when all the mother care started closing, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. All owned by Boots now. It's a bit annoying. You still get mother care stuff. Just so is it all boots. online now? Yeah, some of it's in store as well. It's weird. You get like mother care clothes and shit. It's weird. Strong brand, mm. see? Strong brand. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of strong brands, my mum said, text me last night, last she said, I've got no idea what to get you for Christmas. What do you want? Yes. And usually I'm like, I really don't want anything and I can't be arsed, but she'll always buy me something, so I might as well tell her. Yeah. I feel like I didn't give somebody to a food bank, but she won't do that either. But she said, um, so I basically found a T-shirt, green yep. T-shirt, 25 quid. I said, yeah, mum, get me this. Sent her a link. I can't remember. Not really clocking what shop it was from. She texted me back. She said, I will get you that, but I'll only do it for you. I said, oh, thank you. I said, what? I said, why is it too expensive? Are you all right? She said, no. It's from House of Fraser, and I can't stand that fat bastard, Ashley, and I don't want to give him any money, but I will do for you. So, so you I know. Mean, yeah, it is the problem that we – it's increasingly hard to buy something in retail in Britain and not <laughs> line that fucking prick's pocket. Yeah. I mean, she didn't have to go down the whole, you know, fat-shaming thing. She could just go no. on the bathroom. <laughs> we, just, we, we discussed last... discussed this last week. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so anyway, mother care's closed down. So Dan's there. He says, having spent time finding a decent spot for a pregnant woman to get in and out of a Volvo estate, we eventually park in the outdoor NCP on Ashdown Road. Magnificent mundane details in this spot. already. mundane. I love it. Um, as I take a walk to pay for the ticket, a gleaming new black BMW X5 comes roaring into the car park. Super 2005. And then haphazardly, parks as far away from other vehicles as possible. Out steps an athletic man in chinos and quins stashed. Clue, clue number one. Yep. Who on arrival at the ticket machine turns out to be Chris Robshaw. Oh, perfect. Clearly incognito following England's 3-0 stuffing by the All Blacks the previous month in 2014. Uh, Robshaw then finds himself utterly befuddled by the ticket machine being short of change, needed to pay for his extortionate ticket. This leads my wife to come over, realise she hasn't got any change either, then loudly remark as we slouch away that Rob Shaw's not that big, is he? He's no Lawrence Delalio. It's true, actually. I remember when I met him shortly before the 2015 World Cup and silently cursed him, um, <laughs> that he was... Yeah, it... it he was surprisingly not that big for, you know, compared to most other flankers that you meet. Certainly next to somebody like Courtney Laws or whatever. Oof. They're glad. 
Dan says, with hindsight, that was the moment I realised deep down that England weren't going to pull off the home victory in 2015. <laughs> Thanks for all the good work on the pod, says Dan. Thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you for that play spotted. So, yeah, realising Chris Robshaw couldn't drive a ticket machine and that he wasn't as big as Delalio was all you needed to know that it's not quite there for England. Yeah, I mean, he was very nice. But like, I found him extremely personable. He seems like a genuinely lovely bloke. And he was very, very honest about the aftermath of 2015, which I quite liked. He did yeah. put a real human face on, you know, mm. the shit he that did. people laugh at. Yeah. It's not people I mean, laughing it, at it. It doesn't make you real. Not, but it does, yeah. So thank you very much for that play spotted, Dan. You can do that via the DMs, as we've already said. We can do that uh, by my DM at Blood and Mud or Lee at Blood and Mud.com. You can send it via the Patreon messaging service as well for those you lovely people who contribute to that. Get in touch, shout up, say hello. Mm. I've said this on Twitter, but I'll say it again here just quickly, and I don't want to respond to this, but it is Addiction Awareness Week this week. If anybody out there is suffering with alcohol or other substance use, Give me a DM, give me a call. I'll be happy to talk to you about it. I'll leave it at that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Should we do some news? We should do some news. That's a fair, fair healthy helping of news this week. Um, right. Go. Yes, uh, WIU board has failed in its attempt to get um, the clubs to ratify an independent chairman, um, which uh, they had an AGM on the weekend at their new fancy hotel that uh, <laughs> still has a lot of vacancies by the looks of things. Um, it might ve- that might very well be the final nail in the coffin of Welsh rugby, to be honest, because yeah, hugely out of his depth school teacher and WR chairman uh, Rob Butcher has gone to his the mates who supposedly put him, you know, the mates who put him there in the first place. All the clubs that basically went, "You're our man. We're going to put you in there." Doesn't matter how dramatically underqualified you are for said job, we're going to put you in there that place, and you're going to run it our way. Uh, and he's gone and said, "Lads." I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing here. And um, and things are getting quite scary. And I think we need to bring in somebody qualified to basically do my job. Um, who's not I literally just... don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> my, I, um, I don't know. We need to bring someone who's not just someone who's glad-handed enough mediocre bald men to get voted onto the board. Um, or this entire professional edifice that funds everything, including your 11 million quid that you get ring-fenced every year between you, um, will all disappear very soon unless a qualified person is brought in to sort this that, out. 
and that picture gone, of that room, nah. though, Josh, that picture of that room from the back was like an absolute, like an entire cash and carries worth of pepper pots all lined up with a light bouncing off them. Such, <laughs> such was the egg in the nestery in that room. And I know they can't be blamed for that, but it was it, remarkable. It was an, enchi- an entire fucking battery house of eggs in nests. <laughs> it was <laughs> remarkable. Um, just yeah. mediocre, bald, middle-aged men who have responded inevitably by going, hang on, this sounds like something that might in some small way impact our ability to run this cartel in a manner that most benefits us at the expense of everything else. I did, I did think there was something incredibly ironic by the fact they had this in, this is our game. Okay. Painted on the wall. On the wall. It's like yes, and we know what you mean by that. Yes, uh, and so no they've... fucker is getting involved in taking <laughs> it off us. Yeah. They go, we'll stick with oblivion and bankruptcy for everything and everyone in three to five years, while we enjoy <laughs> lumping stash into the back of our car to flog down <laughs> the clubhouse for another couple of years. It's a shame, isn't it? Because, well, it is a shame because, as you've just said, it could signal the end because it's basically a load of people. Trying to run a fucking tombola, yeah. Trying to run a multi-billion million pound. Well, it's people you would just like, about like trust to run a meat raffle. <laughs> yes, being expense responsible for a multi-million pound fucking many tendrilled sporting entity, and unfortunately, they can't just tell Nigel Walker to run everything his way because, like. There needs to be a, you know, he can't be across the finance side of things and the the stadium side of things and the sponsorship and all of that stuff that needs fucking an, an adult in the room to fuck and the negotiations with the fucking regions who, by the way, still are not able to sign any players because they still haven't had their budgets agreed for this season. Oh, this is this, this is an this is an evergreen. The Irks uh, nearly occurred. Is yeah. nearly halfway over. There's only 18 league games in an Irk season and they've played seven already. And none of the Welsh regions know what their budget is yet because the WRU will not provide them with (laughs) a suitable answer. It is... And and into that, they've gone, yeah, let's let the fucking ex-school teacher see if he can sink or swim with it a little bit more, good lads. I mean, there is a way... times. I mean, there is, there surely is a way to let their massively unjustified egos of these people be fluffed and also and recognize their contributions. Because a lot of these people work with their clubs for fucking years as volunteers. And there's a, and and there's a lot of, and there is a lot of, you know, part of the reason that this didn't pass and the 75, you know, the ridiculously artificially high bar of 75% of members agreeing to something is fucking batshit. Like, what company runs on that, that 75% of shareholders have to agree for everything? It's mental. But part of the reason that it didn't pass was that, you know, a lot of clubs are really pissed off with the WRU about what they're doing with the pyramid at the moment and how they're kind of fucking around with the premiership and they're fucking around with the championship and they're fucking around with... The reality is that you know rugby is dying on its ass in Wales at a community level and a professional level, and there aren't enough players for the three hundred and twenty odd clubs that are part of the WRU. And so the WRU is making some very tough decisions on the community side that are very unpopular, and the clubs 
then choosing to punish the professional regions that they feel like deserve it in order to kind of go back at the WIU. <laughs> it's and there's a lot of there's a lot of cynicism, you know, there's a lot of kind of parochial kind of looking after oneself going on there. Not just even with these as you say, these kind of people who've worked for free in a lot of cases and worked hard for their local rugby clubs for years and years and years. There's also some people in the premiership who are no doubt looking at the current financial state of the regions and going, well, if one of those goes under, then, you know, we might get a a taste of that because they'll need somebody to fill, to play in the fucking irk if they go bust. And, I think anybody who thinks that isn't happening with certain fucking clubs in the in the Premiership is fucking killing them, kidding themselves because they blatantly are because <laughs> and because that is the way that Welsh rugby operates. Everyone hates everybody else <laughs> at all times, and there's no way that any the the thought of a cons- achieving any kind of consensus is absolutely baffling, let alone a 75% majority consensus. So it's worse than yeah. a kind of leftist meeting in the seventies. It? <laughs> it is. It's, oh, like, it's horrendous. It's like there's, 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 there's genuinely more unity on the left in politics than there is in the Welsh sort of club rugby fraternity, which is, is quite a thing to say. So there you go. So yeah, yeah uh, no plan, no no strategic plan for the future, really. That isn't going to have to be by you know go through eighteen types of Gwillem. Yeah, exactly. And and ah oh, well, you know, it was nice while it lasted, wasn't it? Speaking of a uh, well, not even speaking of that, but speaking of things that are moving forward, I guess or not, is Wasps and Worcester both have bids in their pipeline. Um, yes, uh, Worcester have got a preferred uh, bidder. Which yes, is, uh, not Steve Diamond's uh, consortium, which you'd be making. You'd be making a lot of noise about that in the week, and he was going to go yeah, on, be, on rugby Peter tonight o- this week. Peter O'Toole's consortium or something. Jim O'Toole. Jim O'Toole. Jim O'Toole uh, yeah, Peter O'Toole is the uh, not Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, <laughs> <Not> Lawrence. <laughs> Imagine he's got a few bobs though. So, um... <laughs> do you know? Have you ever seen the terrible nineteen sixties Casino Royale farce James Bond yes. film? There's a line in that that I just I love forever, where James Bond's getting out of a motor car and he walks up to um, uh, Peter O'Toole, who's there, and he says he just turns to him and goes, "Are you Lawrence Olivier?" And he goes, "No, I'm Peter O'Toole." He goes, "You're the finest man who has ever lived." <laughs> and for some reason, I think about that about once every two weeks, and I don't know why, but it's just an amazing line. Anyway, anyway, meanwhile, back at Worcester. So, <laughs> neither Lawrence Olivier or Peter O'Toole are bidding for Worcester. No, um, but, but Jim, Jim O'Toole, O'Toole is with a consortium of people that seem to involve some mad American arms dealers, as far as I can make out. It's, it, it's screwed. They might not be mad, they're just American arms dealers. That is a shoe, yeah. mad. Yeah. It, it, it really doesn't feel like the sort of bid that should pass a fit and proper person's test. And yet, apparently, basically, they probably what run a legal business there, don't they? I'm sure they do. Money, so, it's a case of do you? Is the, these are the sort of characters you want kicking around the, the highest end echelons of English rugby? I don't know. 
But also, that group made a lot of noise about, oh, we're going to come in and save Worcester. We won't let it go into administration. We'll come in. And then they just didn't and waited and waited until it was as cheap as it could. All the debts are written down and they can go. Yeah, which is understandable, but sort of, it's not a great, if I was a Warriors fan, I wouldn't be popping the champagne just yet because it's not a, a ringing endorsement out of the gate that they kind of broke assurances slash promises before they even owned the fucking thing. But, you know, as Don Eladio says in uh, Breaking Bad, negocios es son negocios. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, Indeed. And um, I, I do love the fact that the, di- the diamond bid consortium has been rejected. Can only yeah. assume that the, admi- the administrators didn't think that finishing sixth every year was enough of in a the, bold business plan. In the championship. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it is, it's been a horribly tumultuous thing and people have lost their jobs and all that, and it's that's awful. But I suppose, uh, as fans of both clubs go, at least you will. there is a club, it looks like, next year, and it will be in the championship. It's not, you know, it's not like being relegated to the eighth level of the no, it's not being it's not being London Welsh, is it? You know? No, it doesn't look like it. You know, as, as you said, chickens, camp chickens, and all that with these strange. Because I always get very. I suppose the only way this is going to be done is with a consortium, isn't it? Because there's just not enough money to be made that anybody wants to take all the risk on it, unless you're happy to piss your money up the wall like um, Lansdowne or something like that. And he's got enough money, don't care. Um, so it's always going to be a, a risk spread consortium thing. But having had consortium owners at foot. My football club, it always makes you go, oh, shit. Mind you, though, the worst owner we ever had was one bloke who we just got rid of recently, who was a fucking nightmare. So, um, yeah, and I think that the reality is that there are not many, um, there are not many good owners in sports. <laughs> like, there are not many good ways to own a sports team that aren't sort of being owned by the fans, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, and then they if, don't know what they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> or they can just about keep it ticking over as best they can. And my, my, the, the crazy thing is that's how the WIU's run, isn't it? Effectively, it's run by just sort of more empowered fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's 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 yeah. Who knows what will come of this? I mean, it's quite sad in a way that Dime. You know, this you imagine that if he can't buy the club, Dimes is not going to stick around. Um, now that he's kind of applied and been rejected to to own the thing. And I, I look at so his vision vision of the what he wanted to do with the club was was quite compelling and I thought it was a nice sort of idea but the Sunlight Oaklands are finishing sixth. What more do you want? <laughs> I mean to be honest that would be Worcester's best. That would be Worcester yeah, to, to be fair. It's like, relative isn't it? Yeah. Um and he was doing such a good job with with Worcester, you know, even before the shit happened in terms of kind of you know, working on you. You imagine that, given a bit of time with them in the championship, he would have done a similar thing to what you know. The Alex Anderson's reaping the benefits of what Dimes did with Sales Academy now. Because imagine how many Russians he would have signed. Imagine so how many Russians many, are trying to avoid so the draft many right Russians. now. That mad Putin draft. <laughs> yeah. how, how many fit, able-bodied men? Massive Russians who are quite happy to leave the country right now. <laughs> who, are, who are category 1AA on the draft. 
we were going. Yes. <laughs> Championship sounds all right, actually. Yeah, yeah, not a problem at all. West Country, you say? Yes, okay, no problem. <laughs> you had me at West. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yes, so uh, obviously hope that good things will come from this. Um, wasps are being bought by the Wasps Legends Group, or the they're the preferred bidder, which the Wasps Legends Charitable Foundation is a different thing, but is linked to it. So it's it's very it's very confusing. But Do you reckon they phoned up all those people they massively overpaid for a decade and said, <laughs> "Right, come on now, you need to Basically, fucking throw some of this money back in." <laughs> it's because don't wasps... phone Rob Howley. Oh, I'm sorry. I uh, all that money's but, gone. I I I, you, I can't explain to you where it is, but I don't have it no more. Because there's a the trustees of the Wasps Legends. We don't know who the Wasps Legends are, but we know that they're linked to this Wasps Legends charitable foundation, and loads of loads of ex Wasp players are members of this foundation, including like Delalio, obviously. Haskell, obviously, uh, Dean Ryan, Andy Gummersell, George Skivington, Phil Vickery, Serge Betson, Tom Reese, Trevor Leon. George Skivington can't be buying another club, another club <laughs> in a division <laughs> where he manages exactly. I don't know, mate. Um, but yeah, it, uh, nobody seems to understand who they are. Um, but it's, it's very, it, I mean, who are the. Like, the fact that they like they've already got preferred bidder status and nobody knows who they are yet is kind of like fucking hell. <laughs> well, is, there any, is, is there anybody like these wasps who were unexpectedly fucking minted? Yeah, somebody who's done a Robbie Fowler. And it's like, like it's like Paul Volley, the biggest <laughs> buy to let landlord. Yeah, in, in Milton Keynes or something. Indeed. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I, I I don't know is the short answer to that. Fraser Waters has made a fucking fortune in Bitcoin. <laughs> Martin Charlesworth points out that the Wasp buyers have only made an offer for the men's team in the academy. Uh, it's true. Um, so they don't want to buy the stadium. They just want to buy the 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 team. and the, Basically, and, and you can see that what that's going to... They want to buy Wasps and move them back to London, move them in with London Irish, and, <laughs> and run the whole thing out of there. <laughs> Freemasons, but bigger dickheads. <laughs> Sorry. I can believe it. I can believe it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the stadium was, because the stadium wasn't part, of, the stadium wasn't going into administration, was it? As I mentioned last week, they've asked bondholders of the stadium to throw some more money into market it again, I think. That was one of the main reasons why, if you listen to um, Stephen Vaughan's interview mm. on the Rugby Pod, which is, again, worth a listen, if you can bear the other people that are on it, he was saying that, obviously, they did have buyers, but, but people were interested. But when when, when they – forget his name, the guy who owns it now, the former guy, said the stadium's not part of it, the stadium's the only bit that makes money. Yeah, everyone suddenly went. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm interested. Then, <laughs> so I'm thinking, if, if all you're selling me is yeah. 
is is a, is a rugby team that has to pay rent on a stadium we won't own. Yeah, sort of thing. I'm not and sure. You wonder, I'm into and that. you wonder if they were like, well, you know, if we could keep the P share, which will enable us to use that money to pay the rent and pay the players, yeah. then maybe the club and the player, you know, and it's not like they're even fucking keeping the players because most of them, you know, a lot of them have got new jobs already, and they won't be wasp players when, but you know. It is basically a starting from scratch in the championship thing. Nah, surely. Like, you could imagine how they could run that quite efficiently and quite tightly if they needed to. Who knows? As Anarest said, it can, this consortium can't include Haskell if they're not buying the women's team because, as we know, nobody's done more for women's rugby than they have. We know that because really? he said it. Therefore, yeah. it must it must be true. Must be so. true. Must be. Um, so there we go. Yes, so there you go. That's what's happening there. So we'll. See. So I suppose the good news is both clubs still exist. Hopefully, they'll be in the championship next year. They'll probably do okay. I imagine. Yeah. They, well, I did. Well, what will I, you have to assume? Was will be staying in Coventry? The part of the deal that they pay a bit of a peppercorn rent or something, or or something, or I know that they match their profits or something. They wanted to keep wasps in. Coventry um, that was one of the things that they kind of would prefer but if the only bidder that's coming in says we just want to buy the team we want to move them back to London where they fucking belong um, I mean it's better than nothing isn't it okay so yeah well good luck with that everybody everybody who's a fan and you've got some rugby to watch next year it looks like Nobody knows where. at least we know Worcester will keep the ground because it's all part of the bid but Worcester is yeah. slightly less clear Staying with England, Courtney Laws is injured. But yes. Owen Farrell isn't. Yeah. What's the with that? Look like, yeah, I mean, I guess he'd, he's passed he's through the concussion protocols now, isn't he? Um, yes. That's what he was waiting on, wasn't he? So Laws is out this. of the whole autumn, I think, isn't he? Uh, they've called somebody into the squad who uh, you've never heard of from Northampton to uh, to cover him. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think he's out for the whole autumn, which is a big loss because he is a a tone like as much as we take the piss out of Courtney Laws, and we will, and I will continue to. Um, oh no, he's only Laws is only concussed. Okay, I mean, say only concussed, but like, yeah, he's going to miss the Argentina game, but provided he makes it through the protocols, he should be back for bigger tests to come. Uh, Lewis Ludlam is the one who's out for. Uh, the duration of the autumn, and uh, Sean Robinson has been drafted in to replace him. Who suffered a head injury after keeling over after standing next to a single mother. Man's his head. <laughs> yeah, just couldn't couldn't handle. It. There was a it was a non nuclear family that were all put, that all got on perfectly well. Um... <laughs> so yeah, so that's that. What have you got as news? I tell you, I tell you what's interesting about that England squad, right? Right. Um, the official thing has unavailable for selection due to injury and has, you know, Alfie Barbary, Charlie Ewells, George Ford, Jamie George, Nick Azikwe, uh, Lewis Liner, Harry Randall, all the ones you'd normally expect. Interesting, a name that they put in there, Ratu Naulago, the Bristol winger. Oh, that is interesting. The, which, who has never been named in an England squad, never been named in a, tra- a training squad. As far as I can tell, and is Fijian. Let's you know who's lived here for long enough to not be to 
you know, qualify for England, obviously, but like, because he played for Hull for like a couple of years, didn't he? So, um, but yeah, I just think it's, it's very, and he was in the army before that. So he's probably mm. in fucking you. He's probably based somewhere in Britain, but um, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. There's, there's been no hint of a mention of him being anywhere near an England squad. Um, and to be honest with you, he's probably had more red cards and scored tries for Bristol in the last year. So, <laughs> uh, really, like an unbelievably talented player when he's fit. But it's interesting to see that he is, you know, within Eddie Jones's sort of wider thinking that they've included him as part of the the people that weren't considered. It'd be such a shame when he snaps both his knees in the first training camp <laughs> because they're using him as a. Because of some new human pogo stick yeah, they, training they, thing that he's doing, or something. Right. They, they tried medieval jousting because they heard it's good for defence. Um, and then literally using skewed. players as a joust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as Sam Meyer says, step right up in Eddie's player breaker three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jack. Hey, it's even the thing. Jack Willis, the greatest yeah. player that the world has ever known. Yes. For a period of at least two months before mm-hmm. he was overtaken, was he overtaken by? Marcus Smith is the greatest player the world has ever known. Uh, he's or, the greatest forward the world has ever known. Uh, that's Marcus true. Smith, the greatest back. Yeah. Joe Simmons was the greatest back the world has ever known, never to be given full recognition apart from his knighthood and membership of the House of Lords, obviously. <laughs> um, but yes, it remains anyway. He remains unattached despite being the greatest forward the world has ever known. I'm assuming because it's probably that's quite fine. dear, isn't he? I think this is the the thing, isn't it? It's like he um he can basically they you know, he, he's gonna have options. <laughs> Very few players other than I mean actually no, I, I don't think there's any other player in that Wasp squad except maybe Joe Launchbury who has more instant sort of marketable they will pay me upside than uh than I'll be in right the England now. camp now so he's training isn't he that's the thing yeah indeed and he's got insurance and all that sort of stuff so he can afford to take his time really and wait because I know Bristol were very interested of um, course of course um but Pat Lamb said in the week that they basically can't afford him in the salary cap um, I think he's. There's rumours that he's going to Northampton after, um, purely because it, it means he doesn't have to move as much as anything else, because um, it's relatively commutable. And I think he's. He. I think I think he went on a podcast this week or something and said that like he's only going to join Northampton till the end of the season, and then. Um, if Wasps are a club next season, you'll just join them. Which is a very, if he does do that, fair fucking play to him. Like, for a player of his age on the fringes of an England squad in a World Cup year to say, I will drop down a level to, because I love the club that I grew up playing for, fair play to him. But we'll see. I mean, it could be that he. Just signed a long term deal with Saints, but um, yeah, it's it. I think him, the both of the Willis's, oh, Joe Launchbury hasn't been signed up anyway. They keep talking about him and Quinn's, but again, I don't know how Quinn's can afford him. So, 
Yeah. I'm surprised I'm surprised the premiership hasn't gone. Do you know what, lads? If it's if it's signing a wasps or Worcester player, don't worry about the salary cap this year because it's a bad look for us to have England internationals unemployed because of our poor governance. Yeah. He doesn't seem to have enough snaz and jizz jazz for, for Quinns, Joe Lodgebury. They don't they don't seem the point, they, you know, a forward that looks like a bloodhound is not in their wheelhouse at all, <laughs> as far as I can see. They need they need a bit of a, a Joe Lord. And you know, John Joe Lodgebury's a more skillful player than he gets a lot of credit for. Yes. But it, it, I know what you mean. It's <laughs> like he's not razzle dazzle enough for He Quinn. went to and the yeah, Christ He went to the Christ Hospitalers School. That's what I remember about Joe Lodgebury. I love it when you find one of their private schools with an absolutely bizarre name, which is somewhere. (laughs) I don't know where it is. Somewhere in fucking Sussex or something. But uh, yeah, the Christ Hospitalers with two L's school. It's so old, they were still spelling stuff stupidly when they created it. I mean, it's it's so old, it was presumably founded out of the the Hospitalers military order, which was the Crusades. Was it? See, yeah. you know that bit of the of the well, you know a lot about history, but you particularly know that bit of history, don't you? I do. Yeah, I mean, usually things that have hospital in their name were related to the hospitalers' uh, military order in all their various offshoots. Well, I um, did not know that, Josh. That's genuinely very interesting, and I will be reading about that after this podcast finishes. And also, anything with temple in its name was probably to do with the Templars. So like Temple Meads, Temple Bar, all that sort of anything with anything with Temple Prop. All those temples of fucking law and shit that the barristers go to. Uh possibly not, no. But like if it's a place that has Temple Cloud, there's one that's outside of it was probably because everybody thinks about the military orders just like, you know, going off to like kill brown people in the Levant. Um <laughs> But actually, they owned vast swathes of Europe. They were like landowners, so that like they had like serfs and stuff that just were ordinary farmers. But they were instead of paying their money to a a feudal lord or whatever, they paid their money to a a bunch of military orders who then sp- take that money and go and fucking spend it killing brown people in Israel. The Christ so. Hospitalers would have like invoked Jesus's name to go over and murder a load of brown people, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Which is really funny because, you know, Jesus would have looked, well, you know, probably looked like Colonel Gaddafi, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Or some version of that. <laughs> some know. version of that, yeah, yeah. Probably not less cigars, less gold jewellery. Um, yes. But you, know. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, basically the same. Friends of the pod, Rhiannon Garth Jones is going to listen to this. And uh, you'd be horrified. Just, horrified yeah. at my <laughs> sort of cod fucking dog shit. As a genuine medieval historian, she's going to be like, what the fuck were you talking about there? But you know, it's been ten. It's been like fifteen years since I finished my degree. I've forgotten most of it, so all of that might be bollocks. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Sam Marsh has just looked the school up. They dress exactly how you imagine they do. <laughs> right, I'm gonna. My daughter's friend's gone to Durham to do law. Mm-hmm. She's a very bright young woman, as you can imagine. Um, and she's from she's from Hollywell in Northwell. Oh my god! And uh, she's gone up there and. Well, they wear gowns to go to class still at Durham and in the law school. Christ. You have to put I a mean, gown on. She's struggling they wear, with that. They wear gowns uh, to just go to school in the uh, the Christ's Hospital. Christ, indeed. 
Um, it's, yeah, it's like a sort of black ankle length gown with a sort of like like a sort of Jacobean ruff. <laughs> um, and uh, and but gold socks, weirdly, like a bit, I mean, like, on so many levels, Britain is fucking mental, isn't it? And that's yes. Children are going to school. Look, there they are. Look, fucking mad ones. Mustard coloured, mustard coloured socks. Socks, long stockings. They probably call them with a weird little ruff, and a, a, it's just a. They look like Victorian ghosts, <laughs> and <laughs> in a uniform, it probably cost the yearly wage of a domiciliary care worker. Indeed. Anyway, so launch me that was, wasn't it? Yes. Speaking of wasps, mm. young Charlie Atkinson has signed for Leicester. Yes, he has. We think it's a decent signing, actually. Can play ten on fifteen, can't he? So he'll cover four. No, not four. He'll he'll be able to cover for Pollard when he's gone. Four's already gone. Um, Stewart when he's off. And Neil yes, yeah, and you know you can back up Billy Burns with. Uh... <laughs> Tom Edwards says that the Christ Hospital of School uniform looks a bit like the Dragon's Kit, which I think is fucking wonderful, by the way. Um, some, some truth there. Uh, yeah, Andre Pollard being injured as well obviously means that they're a bit short on fly holes in uh, Leicester at the moment. So I'd love somebody to turn up at Christ Hospital of School and say, you look like you're from Newport, because that would <laughs> fucking make me, that would be the most wonderful thing in the world. So, is what I'm saying. Um any more news before we move this on? Um, so Dan Bigger both has and hasn't signed for Toulon. Um, yeah, so he's that, off, isn't he? Of course, yeah. So yeah, and uh, with immediate effect, uh, basically he's reports in MIDI uh, and in various other French papers say that he had a medical um, in France last week and passed it, and Toulon was set to announce him this week. But when he was asked about it on the weekend, Toulon's director of rugby peer and he said uh, nobody has signed and that's the truth which is a lie um, but you know <laughs> <laughs> it's, enter- it's entertaining lies isn't that the end of the real truth the answer is no yeah. um, so yes uh, that will probably happen in the next couple of days I mean, we must be done now on the surely new- now there's some, there's some stuff about some new laws they're trialling in New Zealand next oh, year. Forget that. We'll, we'll, we can pick that it up another time. Indeed. So, before we go to the weekend, it's time to mention the fact that our friends at Fanzo have partnered oh, with yeah. us again, or we're partnering with them again, to do our usual Autumn Internationals Prediction League. Um, for those of you who don't remember, it used to be called Match Pint Fanzo. Yes. It's now called Fanzo, formerly known as Match Pint. Um, so, obviously, it's pretty straightforward. You get the Fanzo app, you go to the Guinness Pint Predictor in the app, you use the code blood and mud, or one word, the word and, blood and mud, to sign up to our private league where you compete against us two, which is not mm-hmm. a difficult job. I think history has pro- proven that. Yeah. Um, to basically try and predict correct scores. Those of you who predict to get correct score, etc., you get a chance to win pints. You get a chance to give a pint away to people, should you wish to do that as well. And it's all very good. So the game's live right now, Josh. You were signing yes. up before as we were getting ready to do this. So we're both in the league already and ready to go. Um, and also there's a sports quiz as well on the app. So if you're in between predicting scores, you fancy doing the Guinness sports quiz, 
you can do that and get a chance to win some free pintage as well. So don't forget, yeah, so that's go to Fanzo. Um, You can find on the App Store, wherever whichever App Store you're on, either Android or Apple, and you can get the Fanzo app. You can join the league, and it's the code is Blood and Mud. First round of predictions will be this week. Huge number of games on this week. It's too many games, yeah. Um, Should we start from the top? Let's go very quickly from the top. Yeah, Italy are playing Samoa first thing at three. At what to, you could basically sit on your arse all day and watch yeah, games from one for twelve p- hours. From one p.m. until about ten p.m., you can just sit on your arse and watch rugby. That's great, and you can double screen it at one p.m. because you got Scotland Fiji playing at the same time. Uh, so Italy are playing Samoa. Yes, uh, I'm going to say Italy by twelve ish. I'm going to say Italy by. Five, I think they're going to splutter a bit, is my prediction. I can believe it. But, you know, I just feel like Samoa won't have had much prep. And, you know, I, I always feel they get better as the autumn goes on, but I reckon they'll True. probably struggle a little bit as well. Um, Scotland, Fiji? I think, despite what happened this week, I think Scotland will have enough to beat Fiji. And I think they'll have yes, enough to I beat agree. Fiji by about... 15 points. I went about 10 points, but I could easily see it being more. They could blow them away by like 20, 30 points if they feel like it, or it could be quite of a, a sort of nip-tuck one. The big three then starts. Wales are playing New Zealand at quarter yep. past three. Enjoy your 25-point win, New Zealand. 25 to New Zealand. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll say I mean, 18. 18 it, was 50, it was 50 last year, so I'm going to say that Wales are 50% better than they were last year. Wales are 25% better, the All Blacks are 25% worse. New Zealand by 18, I'm saying. Ireland play South Africa at half five, which I think is a very, very, it's very interesting. Up, it's fixture. creeped up on me that as the most exciting, interesting game of the autumn, straight out of the blocks. It really does creep up on you a little bit. Um, I think Ireland by five, but they've got to, they really are going to have to be coming at hitting their strap because Ireland usually, Ireland usually have a powder puff game up first against you know Japan mm. or someone, and they're usually quite unspectacular. And then for the rest of the autumn, they're fine. If they have that slightly stuttering, unconvincing performance against South Africa, I think they'll lose. But if they play to their ability, Ireland by five, I'd say. Harley Worthy's asking, can you put the link for Fanzo on Facebook? I've already done that earlier this week, but I will do it again, Harley, just to make sure everyone knows where yeah, it's at. Because you, you, you get your predictions in before. I think it's uh, the more, Saturday morning for this first round. Ireland yes. by five, did you say? I did. I think it will be Ireland by nine. I can see that as well. And then, to top the day off, when you might need a bit of pepping up after a long day of rugby, we have got... The top of the bill, the batshit cabaret that will be France versus Australia. An entirely, entirely unserious game, Josh. So excited. In the best possible way. Not just an unserious game in the best possible way, but Australia are going to welcome back, you know, all of their lads that they didn't have last week for being so big Will Skelton's Back in the squad, I think. Is Kurundrani back? I can't. He couldn't play last week because he was required in Japan, wasn't he? 
Corabetti should be back. Corabetti, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, so him, Skelton, who else is alive? It's so it's so hard to know with Australia these days. Um, yeah, I've been struggling. Yeah, yeah, but certainly, you imagine just adding Will Skelton to the already madness of and fun of Australia. I can't wait. It's like so. They, so, what are, what are we going for here? France by oh, oh, I said France by like twelve. I think France will have more than you know. Everyone's fit and back pretty much. Like it's it's going to be no fucking. Surely this is where France stopped fucking around. It's like a year out from their own World it's Cup. It's true. They're sure. pretty much exactly a year out, aren't they? It's like really, really. settled team. This is settled. where you get into the we've got eight games left. Yeah, to get the full ramming speed here. You know. <laughs> yeah, the momentum starts here, and I think they'll they'll handle them quite tidily. So there you go. So fans are with the app. Yeah. The link Sunday, the... of course. We've got England. Oh God, f- fucking hell! Yeah, I forgot about that. Fucking England. England, Argentina. England are going to win by twenty-two 15, points. Fifteen, I had, but it'll probably be more. Decent year for Argentina, though. Exactly. They've not played badly, and they've not England been have... utterly humiliated anywhere, have they? Really? Apart from was that last game in New Zealand was a bit rough, but yeah, but. <sighs> Yeah, I think I think they can give England a, a game for half an hour at least, and then maybe it will sort of be quite bad for the rest of it. So there you go. So six games you to predict this weekend in our Fanzo League. So get the Fanzo loads, app. shit loads. I'll fact. put the link in the Facebook. There'll be a look out for social posts. That we'll be pushing out there with the links as well and you main thing is search for fanzo f-a-n-z-o and then you can guinness pipe predictor blood and mud league blood and mud is the code to get into our league there's already about 70 odd people in there so come Mm. along and you know get the competition going thanks everybody shall we do the weekend now i think we should yeah so at this point we say goodbye to our non-patron listeners. I mean, you've had a good hour. What more do you want? You, you get even more. Hour. You can have some proper weekend chat now if you stuck around and got your finger in your blo- hand in your bloody pocket. But you know, that's up to you. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So that's the end of the weekend, and we welcome back our non-patron listeners. Hello. Hello. I'm doing to shit good. What have you got that shit, Josh? Uh, the Ospreys, man. Um, <laughs> me and Robbie have been chatting about this quite a lot in recent weeks, as you understand. 
but like last season, right? The Ospreys were a very boring but functional team that didn't score many tries, but were quite hard to beat and won most of their games. And uh, won a trophy in a car park. And so won a trophy and won a meaningless trophy. This year, they've broken everything that was solid and functional about last year's team in an attempt to make us more fun. But we're not so much fun now that we can like win all our games 50-45 or whatever. We're just quite bad with occasionally score nice tries. And the point that, you know, we're seven games into the season. <laughs> we've won one game. We've draw- somehow drawn two games, which is like London Irish shit. And, and we've just lost back-to-back games to the Dragons and Connor. This bad man. This is a bad season and a bad time. I'm not enjoying it. I've never seen so much incom- like genuinely bad, like... It all worked. <laughs> it all worked when Stephen Myler was there. And now that we've got, you know... I mean, that's not even a difficult actually, root cause analysis to do, is it? It really isn't, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, the, the best, the most solid that we... And solid and unspectacular we've looked all season was the one game when Stephen Myler started. So, yeah, I just... I, I, I'd rather win games like 19-9 than lose them... 26 23 which is what we're currently doing it's just really depressing i've had enough of it what else we got the shit here colin mcbride gets in touch he says shit fekatoa stint at monster so far he's been <laughs> absolutely bobbins in all in every match yeah yeah i mean i, I suppose i shouldn't really complain too bad about how badly things are going at the Ospreys this season because I genuinely can't believe what's happened with Munster. I don't remember Fekitoa <laughs> being any good at Wasps either. He was Not occasionally really. okay. He was occasionally okay. Some Wasps fans are probably telling um, me I'm very wrong, but I'm just... No, he was, he was occasionally okay, he was but broadly injured was how I remember him at, at Wasps. Um, and not that good. When, but like, yeah... I can't imagine a world in which I, I, I couldn't imagine a world that after, where seven games into the season, you know, which is bit, you know nearly halfway, and Munster are below the Dragons in the table. Oh, oh my word! <laughs> Munster are looking down at. Only... You ever want to bring your underachievement into sharp relief? <laughs> Munster are looking down only at the Scarlets and Zebra, which, uh, Scarlets, by the way, signing that all black and hailing Dwayne Peel as the great redeemer has really not gone to plan. Um, They're really, I think more than anything, it's at least with the Ospreys, I know it's, at least with the Ospreys, it's not utterly miserable. I mean, it's quite miserable. Yeah, I feel like there's a plan. You keep losing, which is not nice, but it's not a totally miserable exp- Well, I, I mean, as, as a neutral, as a neutral, it doesn't fill me with dread watching the Osprey. Well, it fills yeah, me with won. dread watching the Scarlets. They're awful. They, they look very badly coached. Oh. Like, their attack looks extraordinarily poorly coached. What do you mean? What do you mean? You mean it's just running one off a, of one drop pass? Every single time, <laughs> not even like a proper scissor, it's like a shitty, like drift and drop. It's fucking awful. It's yeah, I mean, it, it says a lot, right? That the Ospreys have this 
th- minus three points less points different. Like we've, they've only scored ten points less than Cardiff all season, right? And yet Cardiff have won four games and lost three. The Ospreys have only lost four games. It's just they've drawn the other two. And one, the Scarlets, they're just they feel like us the season before Toby Booth came, where the rugby is miserable and the results are also... Like, the rugby was quite miserable in the Ospreys last season, but we won quite a lot of games. So it was like, well, you know, the Scarlets, it feels like the rugby is miserable, the results are miserable. Honestly. It was... And, it and just like an overriding... Feeling, from the inside out. It's, a, it's awful. And an overriding feeling that, like, it wasn't supposed to be this way. It was, you know, and don't get me wrong, I can't wait for, like, Cardiff have already started fucking up. Losing, they, they, they lost pre-season, eh? <laughs> what was that all about, eh? Cardiff have had their moment of, like, hey, look at us, look at us in sixth. We're, this is our year, lads, and then they lose at home to Edinburgh. And I, I know that... Edinburgh doing all right, though. Yeah, they are, but they shouldn't lose at home. They're one place above Cardiff in the- in the league, and so getting battered at home uh, shouldn't really be happening. But that was always going to happen with Cardiff. The Dragons thing won't last, but or maybe it will. And that's the thing that I'm confused. Like somebody's got to win the Welsh Shield this season, and <laughs> despite everyone's efforts, somebody has to win it. Yeah, it's like Cardiff already got 17 points, right? And the Scarlets have got nine, so. There is literally eight points between the top and bottom of the Welsh Shield Mini League at a halfway point in this season. It's anyone's league. The Scarlets could get hot and win it somehow. If they do, it'd be a bloody miracle. But like, fuck everything we talked about at the top of this fucking podcast about how the state of Welsh rugby, that is that. As Kerry Jones just said in the comments, it's mad to think the Dragons might actually be the informed team in Wales. They sort of are. They just won two games on the bounce for the first time since, like... We're living in uncertain times. The age of steam. Yeah, it's (laughs) real. Anyway, moving on. Jack Hurst says, shit, the ref this weekend calling me a shithouse without defining whether it was acceptable shithousery I was doing or not. (laughs) In my opinion, says Jack, it was fully acceptable. As long as um, it wasn't a punch trick, you're fine. Ref calling, ref calling you a shithouse, man. Things have changed since I was playing. Oh, yeah. um, Alice the Vickers gets in touch. Said, shit, is Townsend thinking that discipline relates to how many beers you drink and not how many penalties you give away? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good point. Um, Carl Devitt says, shit, scarlets. Evergreen yeah. shit, that is, he says. Yeah, well, we've already covered that. We drifted into that earlier, Carl, you probably heard. Fee Hunter gets in touch. Says, obviously... Uh, shit, the amount of abuse being pelted at Blair Kinghorn as if it was his choice to not pick Finn and he couldn't have even played this weekend anyway. Also shit, he's going to a game where your first choice kicker doesn't even kick for his club. Yes. See, Quite. I'm a bit torn around. You know the whole thing around, if you're relying on a, on a kick to win a game, then you've lost it in the 80 minutes previously and all that stuff. And actually in that game, that's true. You know, Scotland had enough to win that game before that kick. Absolutely. However, there are legitimate games, lots of them, where actually it does come down to a kick in the last minute and you've done your level best throughout the game 
and you've not wasted anything or done anything wrong. And you still need a kicker who can slot something that was, while not an absolute banker of a kit, kick, it was it was there to be kicked. Yeah. Comes back to your point about, you know, they should have done more practice with him. But I do think there is a little bit of just completely discounting the fact that you're going you're to need people who can do clutch shit mm-hmm. at this level. Test rugby is, by and large, quite a clutch pursuit. <laughs> yes. Like... Yeah, and yeah, that I accept in that particular game, there was plenty of chances they could have taken earlier and plenty of, you know, mm. to not put him in that situation. And he scored that fucking opportunity to try. I don't know what else would have scored. But it's a strange one for me. You've still got to have somebody that you can believe is going to kick those kicks, don't you? Yeah. In any team, because, to be honest. In any team, yeah. Especially the international team. And he's not that guy right now, I don't think. Anyway, Jesse no, Murray not. gets in touch. He says, shit, mitigating factors. Glenn Young should have been red carded. Yes, we've covered that. He also says shitty, uh, shittier than that is Ben Foley should have been Bernard Foley even should have been red carded before for no arms tackle. Yes, we agreed. I think Patrizio Giacomo Banker gets in touch. Quality name. He says thirty five point six percent is shit of those people who voted against the idea of an independent chair for the WRU. Yes, agree with us earlier. Clearly, even the Vegas prospect of getting off the gravy train was too unpalatable for those who voted against it. They just love it, don't they? Mike Swinson they says it. shit is hog's man bun. <laughs> I think that calling it a man bun is quite generous. I think it should be called a man slug. Yes. Because it properly if... looks like a slug stuck to the back of his head. Man nubbing. <laughs> Awful. Awful. Terrible. Hair. And they haven't sent me my fucking whoop band. Pricks. Oh, did you say you wanted one? Yeah, I was like, fuck yeah, you want to send me a free thing? I'll have a free thing. Get chased up. Piss out of me. I'll be losing my blue tick soon. you got to send it before I lose it. Yeah. <laughs> not paying for it. Yeah. Fucking hell, I'm not paying for it. Any more shit before I move on? Uh, no. Well, actually, yes. Scotland um, put in names on the back of their shirts because England did, um, but forgetting that they don't have room to put names on the back of their shirts because they've got a giant BT on there. So basically putting them in like size six font. Yeah, you know you're supposed to read the things that are on the back. Yeah, yeah? that's the whole point. <laughs> it was the only way that Van der Merwe was going to fit on the back of it. But like, yeah. How do you think Tuipilotu played? Oh, I thought he played all right. I thought he played pretty well, yeah. He's been getting some mixed reviews. I mean, he had that fucking bloody thing he, you know, spewed up on the touchline in the first he half. Did, like, but but like, I mean, you know, he did, but I feel like he carried he carried hard and he made holes that you know the very few things have, that went well on attack for England went well because he was smashing folk. I felt. Me too. His, his carries off the back of a lineup when they went as well. Really good. Yeah, right? yeah really so good. Checking I wasn't going mad because some people weren't being quite as fulsome in their praise as I was. Mm. Um, speaking of also good players, can we talk about Louis Rees-Zammer at the weekend, please? That's my nomination. Particularly his step bump and cat flap bastardness. At Outrageous. The I don't like Austin Healy saying nice things about him because he doesn't get to enjoy nice things. But um, <laughs> he's doing some serious bits. This season, isn't he? Which is ironic. About a year ago, like we were saying good. about he's he's not strong enough in the carry, yeah, and he's just anymore. laughing his tits off at us for even suggesting that now. He's a lot bigger than he used to be. 
Like you look at photos of him in his first Wales cap and you look at him now and he looks like he's put on about 15 kg. He's a big fucking And he runs his weight and he's really fast. And he has these late feet as well. Incredible stuff. And and have you noticed he greases his thighs? Is that a thing? They'd look a bit shiny, but is that an actual thing? I I don't know if it's... I've never... I haven't seen anyone else do it, but, like, his thighs are uncommonly shiny. And I can... I genuinely think he's putting something vaguely lubricating on his legs because um, um, it's causing players to not... Like it, that's that cat flat try. You saw someone try to grip, grip him around the thighs, and they just they slipped off instantly. It's like then he's got te- it's like WD forty. He's got Teflon. If he does on that there, against England, he'll be outlawed within a week. <laughs> Absolutely, it will. Um, but it's his pace, man. That that the one he chased through to score. He did, I mean, I know he's deceptively fast, but he properly looked like he was about at about fifty five percent pace running after that ball. And yeah. nobody could get anywhere near him. Because that is the thing. He has an effortless so, run, doesn't he? So he... many so many wingers get big after the first season or two of Test Rugby because they think, oh, I've got to... Like, the coaches tell them, oh, you need to put a bit of muscle on here. And they put the muscle on, and they get slow, and it ruins them. And so you can say so many wingers down the years that has happened to. But him... Like, you look at him when he gets his first cap for Wales versus hmm. him on Saturday, and he looks... He's huge. Like, he has put, genuinely... He's probably put on 10 to 15 kg of muscle, I would say, all over. Cause it's I don't not know just about a, you, but I wasn't physically developed... I'm not an athlete, but I wasn't physically developed fully since I was about 20, 21. Yeah, and I think Carly Rhodes says my, he, he my looks like he's naturally, and everything. Yeah. And I think that's the part of it is like he's had, he was always quite a gangly, skinny lad, but he obviously had the frame that could pack muscle on. But it, what is remarkable and so rare is that he can pack on muscle like that and not lose a step. And if anything, mm-hmm. he's faster than he, he ever has been. So he's probably finding his right size rather than bulking up, isn't he? As yeah. Because he's what now? He's 20 now, is he? 21 yeah, twenty twenty one. So yeah, but like he's to do that and get faster is remarkable. Like so few players physically are able to do that, and like you've got to hope that he doesn't go too far because you can get too big. And like players like George North have got too big, and you've seen it cost their pace and their you know burst. But like. Yeah, he, he looks quicker than he ever has been in Gloucester this season, and it's remarkable. <laughs> I, I'm, it, it looks like he's going to have a hell of a season, put it that way, if he keeps going. It really does, yeah. He's he's, he's hitting his... Uh, it, you, know, you know, he's doing... It's filth, absolute pornographic <laughs> filth every week, which is ironic because he still looks like he's fully plastic under the shorts like a Ken doll. But like... <laughs> <laughs> but, like it's yeah some of his tries he scored this season no other winger in the world could score him and it's very exciting from a Wales fan's perspective to be honest who um what have you got that's good anything 
Uh, I actually I had Lurie Sam, it was one of my goods. Uh, and Emily Boulard, the uh, Boulard, the France fullback. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent on board with her getting as much of the ball as she wants because she is absolutely box office. <laughs> like her break for that first French try was like high art. It's like every, give me everything you want from a sort of kick return counter attack, and it was that. It's like us the scanning across the line, identifying the forward, the pace and the step to kind of get through the hole, the offload. It was just oh, beautiful. I loved it. Sticking with the women's game for a minute, uh, just a bit of shout out for the homeward bound Alex Callender. Indeed, good eighty tackles in four matches, tournaments leading tackler. She worked her fucking tits off. She can't work a ball, yeah. so not really, but, no. uh, Wales but, uh, top tacklers in the tournament, which is says a lot is, about what you know the kind of games they've had. Of course, yeah, it does. Um, but her energy but, you know, never dropped. To be fair, and she's no. Like, Right, and where's know, a, she was having to uh, carry a lot of that breakdown as well. The, the kind yeah, of she was, especially when Alicia Butcher got injured. Yeah. She they really did put a lot on her, and she she stepped up to the plate big time. And she's great, isn't she? She's she fabulous value. Um, Matt McKnight gets in touch. Uncle Matt McKnight, hello Matt. He says, "Good, the Philadelphia Eagles, seven and zero. We're not a loss in sight." So you know, morally though. You know. No reason to throw batteries at people then, probably, you would hope. So I'm sure they'll find an excuse. <laughs> no fair news to you, Matt. It's been a while on it for the Eagles. Um Gordon White gets in touch. He says, Good is Alan McDonald. Uh yes, friend of the you know, lovely Alan McDonald, patron and very nice man on here, Dr. McDonald. Really banging the drum for Siobhan Cattigan awareness campaign. Unfortunately, the SRU have proven that they have zero interest in doing the right thing, so widespread pressure is needs to be placed on them by the rugby public for Siobhan, her family, and Anne, their mother. Seeing what my friend Anne is going through is horrible. Um, yeah, that's Gordon White who said that, Gordon. Um, James Franklin, yeah, but fair dues to Alan. He's he's really trying his best with this one, and there were some applause on the day from all reports, which yeah. is completely fan-led. So let's hope it's it gathers so some momentum. The SRU didn't just fucking jump on it, to be honest. But yeah. Puff. Hey, Mish Allen said you almost referred to him as a friend of the pod, and then so I did. I did because usually, friend of the pod, is we've met them or had some, yeah. but actually, yes, he is a friend of the pod, Amish. I'm sorry I did hold myself back there. I'm sorry to you as well, Alan, and fair play to you. James Franklin gets in touch. He says, Good is the um, absolute gloriousness of everything Gloucester on Friday night. Yes, we've already covered some of that. Um, he said, but also good is that Gloucester continuing to be a fundamentally unserious team. Oh, completely unserious. Like, and no part of me thinks they can win the league, but I enjoy them quite a lot. And as he, James does say, um, however shit is it, you just know this is all going to go horribly wrong as it goes over. Yes. Have you got any more goods before we bring this to an end? No. So your plan for this to be the shortest one we've ever recorded has failed. Yes. But we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? No, so well not. we wouldn't, other people might, but tough, this is what you've got now. We haven't spent th- we haven't spent three hundred episodes getting to where we are today by having short episodes. By brevity. Absolutely no, not. 
Thank you, everybody that stuck with us for 300. We've done more than 300 episodes, actually, because when you think about the Patreon stuff and other bits, we've done more. But in fact, of official episodes, this is the 300. So thank you, everybody who stuck with us. We hope Indeed. we are as useful to you now as we were at episode number one. Although, not actually, because Josh wasn't on episode number one. Episode no, three, Josh joined me on, I think. Yeah. So, um, And we'll speak to you all again next week. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.